On today's show, the Atlanta Hawks open their preseason schedule on Tuesday evening. We'll have all of what transpired and more coming up. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1564 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Tuesday evening into Wednesday here in mid-October. And today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case. Get yours today and right now at jacemedical.com. That is J-A-S-E medical.com. I also encourage you, as always, to make us your first listen each and every day and really find us anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're also on YouTube on the video side. And welcomes, welcome to the podcast. As always, the Hawks are now underway when it comes to the preseason schedule. They played a game against an opponent for the first time on Tuesday evening. Obviously, it was not the highest level of performance all the way across the board. Not everybody played a ton of minutes in this game, but there were some nice takeaways that we'll get into later on the podcast and also kind of some um, nice fireworks down the stretch. It was admittedly like the third team on both sides of Cleveland and Atlanta down the stretch, but there were some legitimate haymakers, Trent Forrest, um, Seth Lundy. It was Imani Bates on the uh, Cleveland side, for instance, old pal Sharif Cooper on the court for the Cavs down the stretch, and it was actually kind of memorable at the end of this one. But big picture, the Hawks get out of there with a 108-107 to win at home against the Cavs. Again, the result, not terribly important, but certainly always better to win if you can help it. And uh, the Hawks had some nice encouraging moments in this particular contest. We'll dive in later on in the show to kind of the individual player stuff and some of the blow-by-blow of this contest. But I think broadly speaking, my big takeaway from the night would be that the Hawks looked pretty good. Now, offensively, it was not always the best execution necessarily or the most efficiency. In fact, the Hawks won this game with a 101 offensive rating in the game. That is not going to be enough to win most nights for this Hawks team. They they turned the ball over 20 times in the game. They shot 29% from three. There were some shortcomings for sure. But they got to the line 25 times. They they did pretty well in the offensive glass. They shot 50% inside the arc in this game. The threes will be knocked down. They took 41 threes, which I really, really thought was a positive sign. And even just aesthetically, like, again, caveat supply. Not everybody's playing a ton of minutes in this game. But the Hawks, I think, played some of the ways that they want to moving forward. There was a little bit more in in terms of off-ball movement and off-ball actions. We saw Trey Young get up seven threes in 16 minutes. We saw Trey... Um, moving off the ball a little bit more, catching shoots. Um, we saw a little bit more engagement with the front line. We saw Sadiq Bay attack uh, closeouts. We saw Jalen Johnson kind of fit into some spots offensively. Um, we saw AJ Griffin get to his spots as a as a guy shooting floaters. Kobe Buffkin looked pretty comfortable, in my opinion. Uh, shot the ball a lot, for, certainly had a high usage rate in this game. But I think across the board, the Hawks looked the part. Um, again, small sample size, but still looked pretty good there. Um, defensively. They held the Cavs to about one point per possession in the game, which was enough to win by getting one point in this one. They forced 20 turnovers. There was some trademark preseason sloppiness in this game. A lot of guys on both sides stopped playing by about halftime in terms of the key guys. In fact, no starter on either team played more than 22 minutes, and none of the actual super key guys, your Evan Mobley's, your Donovan Mitchell's, Darius Garland, Trey Young, Jante, Clint, all those guys were 17 minutes or less. So certainly limited 
on that level. But they did a good job on the defensive glass on that long. I thought they probably contested and, and competed pretty well. The intensity level is pretty good. Still some blow-bys, some stuff in space that they're going to have to clean up. But I think in general, the Hawks looked like they were supposed to look in at this contest. Now, we'll go back to the future in a second with regard to what happened down the stretch of this game. But first, we'll go back to the beginning. Um, pre-game. One of the only things that was kind of interesting about this entire contest coming in was that Quinn Snyder um, had been pretty tidy with the information shared to the media the last few days. You know, training camp is, especially for a team that's doing it in town like the Hawks are doing, like some teams go out of town, the Hawks kind of stay in town traditionally. But quit speaking to the media every day, it's all platitudes and that's kind of the normal thing. But um, this time around, especially with regard to the preseason game, it was pretty uncertain as to who was going to play, if there were any injuries, any limitations, etc. So, pregame today. This is actually, he already, I'll say this as sort of a backdrop. He'd already been asked a couple of times leading up in the last couple of days by Lauren Williams and Caleb Johnson and Kevin Kevin Chenard and Jubilee Johnson at practice, etc. About um, kind of availability things, broadly speaking. Um, basically, the follow-up today in pregame was that I asked a pretty direct question that was a follow-up to something that Caleb already asked about whether there were any injuries or anyone planning to rest, and he totally and utterly not answered the question. For some more backdrop, um, in preseason, the Hawks, or no other team, basically no, no team has to do this, they don't have to submit injury reports in the preseason. And they also don't have to have inactive. So basically your entire roster is active, and there's nothing in terms of advanced requirements to reveal who's going to be available, give statuses, parts of the body, all that stuff like you have to do in the regular season. With that said, it's preseason. Um, the results don't matter. Coaches understand that. In fact, in one of the answers that Quinn gave pregame tonight, he kind of just talked about how it was all about them and they're not really putting in game plans, all that fun stuff. But then, of course, he, it's like a state secret with regard to who's available to play in the game. So we didn't learn who was going to start or any piece of information until the Hawks announced their starters about 30 minutes before the game, as they're supposed to do. Um at that point, it was announced that Sadiq Bey and Jalen Johnson were starting together at the forward spots, along with Trey, DeJounte, and Clint. That prompted immediate reaction, immediate questions to me uh, and others about uh, why DeAndre Hunter was not starting for the Hawks. And unfortunately, uh, because Quinn had not answered any of the questions beforehand, we didn't really have any answers. Then, as the team came running out of the tunnel to warm up, I noticed immediately that DeAndre Hunter and Bogdan Vodanovich were not out there on the court. Like teams that happen sometimes, uh, just because the guys don't come out at the very beginning doesn't mean that they're, that they're definitely not going to play in the game. But uh, I was monitoring and monitoring neither guy emerged in uniform. Now, I, I had seen both of them in the building previous to that. I saw Bogey warming up pregame on the court, etc. The team then confirmed to me before tip-off, just before tip-off, that they were not going to play in the game, but gave no further update. And then both guys came out and were on the bench in street clothes in the game. Then, all that said, obviously, there's some uncertainty about that. They didn't play in the game. That's two of the Hawks' top seven or eight guys, of course. Um, after the game, I'm going to play this exchange for you on audio and video platforms. Uh, the voice that you will hear is Caleb Johnson asking a follow-up because in pregame, uh, Quinn said that they would have trouble playing all 18 guys, which is kind of just said with tongue-in-cheek. But Caleb brings that up and asks Quinn about the update with regard to Bogey and Hunter, and here is what he had to say about those guys. Quinn, you did tell me um, pregame that you couldn't play 18 guys. You did get 16 out there. Uh, when it comes to the two that didn't play, though, DeAndre and Bogey, is there any particular reason those guys didn't hit the floor tonight? No, we were. Uh, they're going to be ready, at, you know, on Thursday, and we'll, we'll have we'll rest some guys over the, the course of the 
you know, the, the preseason, particularly when you have as many games as we have. And, um, you know, we, we had our – we shut a few guys down at halftime. And uh, it was good. Like I said, it was good to see, as you said, you know, some of the 16 guys get a chance to, to get out there and compete. Um, you always look for that some in preseason, but to have them have a chance to do that tonight and, you know, to make plays and to defend when it, when it counted. And it was fun to see them, you know, just compete and, and, and get rewarded for it. So that will bring you behind the curtain a little bit with regard to what we're dealing with here. Quinn is uh, just not eager to share any information whatsoever. Um, this is a non-answer. Again, um, I, I don't think that there is an injury, if I had to guess, with regard to Bogey and Hunter. And he had talked about a little bit how they were going to be um, careful with guys. The Hawks do play three games in five days to begin this preseason run. So uh, Bogey, of course, has a long-term history of some knee issues. He did play in the summer with regard to the World Cup run. So he's a guy, but if he had been sitting by himself – Everyone would have assumed that he was either resting or maybe there's a flare up or whatever. Hunter is the one that's interesting because Hunter does not have the same injury history um, as Bogey. He's been backed up at times for sure, but he's not, he's not an older guy. He's you know in the middle of his career, et cetera. So we'll see if they play on Thursday. We won't know probably until the game actually starts because there's no pre-game injury reports, all that stuff, but something to keep an eye on. And um, it did allow Quinn to kind of leave open the debate about power forward because that's something I know the Hawks fans are talking about right now. Is who's going to start at the four? Next to um, Clint Capella, probably at the five spot and the guards and all that stuff. And uh, today he just started both of those guys at the forward spot. So long story short, no huge impact there, but that is the story and what we know right now about Hunter and, Bo and Bogey not playing. And they, and they started Bay and Johnson in those guys' place, and that was the end of that. Okay, before we get to a break, to hear from us on today's podcast, just a look ahead to what's going to be coming on today's show. Um, if you are a new listener, what we do on the podcast on game nights is go through all of the back and forth, um, my observations basically from the game itself. And at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about each and every player that appeared in the game in some form or fashion. With that said, one break now here from our sponsor on today's podcast. We'll be right back with more on this game. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves, their loved ones during unexpected times. That is why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. It gives you peace of mind that you're not just helping, hoping that you are actually having access to the medication that you need in the emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand, and Jace Medical is also very simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery to ongoing consultation and care. And with Jace Medical, you will not be caught unprepared, which is something that I definitely value and really know that is quite valuable in the overall scheme of things. As a listener or viewer of this podcast as well, you can also save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, you can get an additional $20 off by using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is $20 off additionally by going to jacemedical.com and using promo code locked on. That is J A S E medical.com, promo code locked on. All right, let us dive in now for the first time this season on some back and forth and observations and kind of the way this game transpired throughout. It's always interesting, as I talked about in a little bit in the open, to kind of chart some changes in approach with the Hawks, especially in the, at this early juncture with Quinn putting his own system in for the first time. The Hawks largely didn't have anybody in the dunker spot on offense in this game, which is a notable change. The second big man, whether it was Capella or Jalen or Kongwu or whoever, was further up the floor in this contest. A little bit more five-out approach, even with Clint on the court. Obviously not a shooter with Clint, with Clint, but he was much more out on the court in this game. A little bit less straight pick and roll. And again, nobody in the dunker spot for the most part. They had more off-ball movement as a general rule, which was probably a positive thing in the uh, in the vacuum. Um, DeJounte's first attempt of the entire season was a corner three. Love to see that from DeJounte. Trey took a couple of those as well in this game, catch and shoots on the right side. There was one, there was one pretty early on. 
Uh, a decent amount of Trey off the ball in the first half, which is probably a good idea, all things considered. The Cavs are playing small as well. Jared Allen is injured right now, so not a ton of resistance at the rim. Evan Mobley is a great um, shot blocker, but not, not a ton of like bulk for Cleveland up front other than when Tristan Thompson was in the game. Um, Bay went right through Max Struess a few times um, with physicality. Bay is a bowling ball of a uh, penetrating uh, guy when, when, he, when he gets his head down and goes toward the basket. Jalen Johnson had some nice defensive plays in the early going. I thought uh, one good transition play, especially. Capella had a huge block at the rim at one point in time. Uh, rotationally, not a ton of huge surprises in the first half. The first half was much more, again, with the exception of Bogey and Hunter, a typical, I would say, regular season adjacent rotation. Uh, AJ was the first sub for Sadiq Bay. They brought in Wes Matthews for Trey and had DeJounte play some point guard. Then they brought Trey back for DJ in the way that they usually have. Those staggered, those guys staggered for the most part in the first half. A Kongu for Clint. And then Bay came back in and played him with a Kongu a little bit and Wes Matthews. They played eight guys in the first quarter. Again, without their without two of their guys who were projected to play in Hunter and Bogdanovich. Um, Jalen had a huge like LeBron style dunk in transition after a drop off by DeJounte, by DeJounte on a break. A Kongu actually took three above the break threes in this game, including one in the first quarter that he made. That's a very, very interesting development there. Uh, the Hawks did not shoot it very well in the first quarter. It turned it over nine times, but got up 11 threes. Trey took five of those, and that's pretty aggressive, like experimental stuff from Trey as well. Good to see that. The Hawks were actually winning because of the sloppiness overall. I think they probably defended pretty well, in my opinion, in the first quarter. Uh, in the second, the ninth guy in this game was Kobe Bufkin, actually. The rookie came in, played some with Trey, played some with DeJounte. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. He wasn't super efficient, but I thought he looked comfortable on an NBA court, which is a nice step forward for a rookie young guy. Um, AJ got to his floor a couple times. Nice to see that. Uh, Bufkin had a couple jump shots in a row. Um, a pull-up, especially sprinkled in there as well. A couple of nice passing reads from Kobe. He missed some too. Like he was not perfect by any means running, running a pick and roll, kind of making those secondary passes, but I thought he looked pretty decent. Uh, Jalen Johnson had a monster offensive rebound in the second quarter. That was really kind of a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing to see. Nice put back on that. A play that not a lot of guys can make is the way that I would put that with regard to Jalen sky high and fully extending, grabbing the ball and being fouled. Uh, the Hawks won the second quarter by 11 points. The big swing was that while the Hawks turned the ball over 20 times in the game, only one of them came in the second quarter. That's a, an important fact. Uh, I know Tabitha Turner, the new Hawks uh, silent reporter for Bally Sports, uh, reported on the broadcast near halftime. I was watching this back before I started recording. That Snyder had been talking about in the huddle a lot in the first half. Um, turnover avoidance is kind of the main key of things. Overall spacing, also finishing off cuts to avoid kind of that ball stoppage, that kind of stagnation. A couple times this game, the Hawks got stagnant, as it kind of always happens. But um, they shot it better in the second quarter. They were better overall in that period. In the first half, they had six guys with at least six points. It was pretty balanced. Got to the line 17 times. Capella had 10 rebounds in the first half as well. And uh, overall, uh, I thought it was a pretty strong performance overall. Again, a pretty ugly preseason stuff in some ways. But playing a real team in Cleveland, albeit without Jared Allen, and both teams were kind of playing their normal guys in the first half. And the Hawks were able to win that one, uh, albeit by a narrow margin. After halftime. No Trey, no DJ, and no Clint Capella. Now, that's not a huge surprise. That's very standard stuff. Your best players don't necessarily play deep in this early in the preseason. And uh, Clint's being, you know, Clint is kind of the anchor, veteran, leader, all that stuff. No reason to play him either. Uh, they played Bufkin, Griffin, and Akongwu after that. Kobe had a nice finish early on in the third quarter. I thought Jalen and Akongwu had, had their chemistry, as always, with a nice high-low for a dunk early in the third. Patty Mills came in mid-quarter, played with Kobe Bufkin a little bit, um, and also without him at times. Muhammad Gay came in at the four next to a Kong Wu. Took a jump shot immediately that missed by about three feet, which is kind of funny. Then lost the ball. He was a little bit jittery early on, but some nice flashes from him as well. The Hawks went actually from up by 12 at the half 
to losing the lead in about eight minutes or so, seven and a half minutes. So it was uh, pretty ugly at times in the third quarter, I have to say, um, as the bench kind of came in more strongly. Um, the bench continued to come uh, sort of empty after that. Trent Forrest got in. He was the hero at the end of the game. Bruno Fernando, Garrison Matthews, 14 guys by the end of the third quarter. And the Hawks had seven turnovers and a two for 10 from, from, three, from three in the third quarter to uh, lose the lead that they actually had. They got smashed, actually, in that period. Uh, in the fourth, it was Buck running the offense a little bit more at times. He was under control again, as I mentioned before. Uh, Seth Lundy came in, uh, Miles Norris after that. So everyone that was active and in uniform tonight played for the Hawks. They had 18 guys right now. 16 of them appeared, and two of them were in street clothes. So there you go. Uh, Seth Lundy had a couple of nice catch-and-shoot threes. That is his game. He's uh, he's kind of ready-made for that in a lot of ways. Garrison Matthews hit, hit one as well. The Hawks had uh, basically turned uh, an 11-point deficit into a small lead at times. It was back and forth on the stretch, but the Hawks were down by as many as 11 points after halftime. He's got very small down the stretch for both teams. Uh, it was Isaiah Mobley and Dean Wade in the front court for Cleveland, and it was Norris and Gay in the front court for the Hawks. Very preseason exhibition style in terms of small and weird. But it got fairly exciting. You know, nice pass by Miles Norris to Lundy for an easy bucket at the end of the game. And then Lundy hit a pretty tough corner three, kind of falling out of balance to get with the Hawks back within one with under a minute to go. They had been down by as many as six or seven in the final couple of minutes. Then Forrest got to his spot in Florida range and scored for the lead. And then Amani Bates for Cleveland actually hit a pretty tough pull-up three um, with about you know, 10 seconds to go. The Hawks down by two. But then it was Trent Forrest time again. He was the hero tonight, got to the rim for a bucket, plus the foul with about two seconds to go. Uh, he ran right through Sharif Cooper, old pal, who is much smaller and not a great defender necessarily. Uh, Trent converts the free throw for the lead. And then uh, they almost gave it up at the end on a lob, actually. It might have been a foul maybe at the end for the Hawks, but the refs didn't want to stay any longer than they had to either. And uh, that was the end of that. But Trent Forrest had 11 points in the fourth quarter. Lundy had eight. The Hawks shot the ball much better down the stretch. It was legitimately entertaining in the late portions of this game. Not not like meaningful necessarily, but still pretty interesting stuff. And uh, we'll leave it there for now in terms of like how that all kind of broke down. But uh, the Hawks did have a yo-yo in this game. They were up big. They were down big. And they were able to bounce back and steal one, albeit not a huge result. But still, they got a, they got a narrow win in this contest. We'll have more on this game in terms of the player evaluations in a second. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL or NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, if you're a new customer, you can bet $5 to get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed with FanDuel. Beyond the awesome perks of signing up right now, FanDuel has everything that you're looking for in the sports betting space. That includes point spreads and over-unders, money lines, player props, future bets, and much more. The app is safe and secure, and they cover the entire range of sports. That includes the NBA, of course, NFL, college football, MLB, WNBA, college basketball, golf, tennis, soccer, auto racing, Olympic sports, you name it, they have it at FanDuel. And now is the best possible time to sign up and join the folks at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. Check out the official sports of the LockedOn Podcast Network with an offer that you absolutely will not want to miss. That is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, normally we'll do uh, much more depth on every single player, but because there are 16 of them to touch on, also preseason game, I'll be uh, judicious a little bit at the end of the uh, podcast here. Uh, Miles Doris played the least in this game, played four minutes. Had, had that one nice pass uh, late for a bucket to uh, Seth Lundy, but uh, otherwise it was it's pretty clear to me it already kind of was that he is number, he's number 18 of 18 on the team. Uh, you had 15 guys on the full roster. Um, you have the two ways, but Forrest and Lundy are much more like kind of clear path to playing time, maybe it, with an injury or two. Then you have Norris as kind of the developmental piece um, at the two-way spot. 
Uh, Lundy was great in the fourth quarter. Hit all three of his shots, eight points. Um, the big one at the end, uh, did the reasonable defense was plus 10 in eight minutes. Pretty crazy there. Um, other than that, like, you know, Garrison Matthews was one five from the floor. Looked like Garrison Matthews, though. He's a perfectly fine um, complimentary piece. Um, I thought Forrest was really good. He was kind of a hero again, as, as I mentioned before. 13 points in 14 minutes. Got to his spots very nicely. I wish he could shoot, obviously, but three assists. Good defender. Like, it was just uh, – he was definitely comfortable in playing. He just knows how to play. Trey Forrest is a pro. Uh, nice guy on a two-way contract. That's sort of an insurance policy there. Uh, Muhammad Gay, one of five from the floor in 18 minutes. Two points that have uh, a steal and uh, was at least kind of pretty active, but looked a little bit jittery at this point. No surprise. He's a rookie. It's fine. Uh, the more veteran backups, uh, Patty Mills, 10 minutes, took five shots, made one of them, made a three, had two assists, um, got a little bit walloped defensively, but that's kind of to be expected. He was definitely on cruise control in some respects here. Bruno, I thought, looked fine uh, in 10 minutes, two points, four rebounds. Uh, did have two turnovers, but I thought he looked like Bruno Fernando in a lot of ways. Wes Matthews was quiet, four rebounds, though, in nine minutes, took one shot. Uh, sorry, took two shots, made one of them, and uh, had two points in nine minutes. Kobe Bufkin, 18 minutes, nine points, four eleven from the floor, one six from three. Did have four uh, fouls, interestingly enough. He's pretty active there, but no turnovers. That's, that's nice to see there. Also had an assist. Didn't shoot that well, but uh, I thought was in control and looked like he was more comfortable than he was in the summer at times and not necessarily being asked to run everything, which is probably better suited for him at this point than he was in summer league. Uh, Akangu played 19 minutes off the bench, 12 points, Two rebounds, uh, looked fine, had two turnovers, but actually it was the minus 16 in the game, which is kind of funny. I thought he looked like himself. No worries there. AJ Griffin led the team in minutes, 23. Had four of 10 from the floor, had 11 points, uh, two rebounds, a couple nice floaters, hit one three, and looked fine to me. Trey Young. Uh, so Trey, 12 points in 16 minutes, five assists. He wasn't efficient, but he got to the line six times, took seven threes. I thought he looked like he was buying in. Now, that's all you can ask for. It's a small sample size. It's a game that doesn't matter. But I thought Trey looked like he uh, wants to play the way that Oklahoma wants him to play, which is good. That's kind of all you wanted to see from him. He looked comfortable. His passing is fantastic. He had three steals. Looked fine. Uh, DeJounte, more aggressive with a jump shot. Took four threes in 17 minutes. I think I like that in general for him. Six points, three assists. A little bit different tempo on the on the pick and roll stuff from DeJounte than versus Trey, which is kind of always the case. But uh, he looked like he was uh, certainly – in his normal form, uh, Capella, great on the glass, 10 rebounds in the first half and seven seven points. Looked good to me. Uh, offensively, a little bit clunky. They're asking him, as I talked about a little bit more on the podcast at the end of uh, last week and the beginning of this week, they're asking he and Akongu to have the ball in their hands a little bit more, a little bit more uh, you know, ball skills kind of stuff. Not the greatest fit for Capella in the world, but I think defensively he looked like himself in this one. Jalen Johnson, 21 minutes, 7.7 rebounds, 3 assists. The highlight plays were there. The defense was, was there. Offensively in the half court is still the big question, but I thought he looked okay at times and uh, flashed in a big way. I know Hawks fans were excited about that. And then Sadiq Bay. Uh, Bay had nine points, six rebounds in 22 minutes. Um, 0-3 from three, which is not a concern for him. Got to, got to the line four times. Took uh, a really you know pretty aggressive approach attacking the rim. He's never been this like huge mid-range guy, but in Detroit he took some bad mid-rangers by the numbers. And then in Atlanta, he's been really mostly just threes and attacking the rim, attacking closeouts. He's been under control. Defensively, it didn't look fantastic. He did have two steals. He was at least being aggressive. But offensively, it looked like exactly what the Hawks are looking for out of him playing alongside Jalen Johnson in this contest. That's all I have for the player side of things in on this admittedly shorter podcast than usual. Again, it's preseason stuff, not quite as much depth as we will normally get into on the show. But one, more, one piece of news at the end of the podcast as well that has people confused on Tuesday evening. 
The Hawks signed former Arizona guard Brandon Rudolph to a training camp contract and then waived him about three hours later. Um, not a huge surprise. If you've been following this at all, it's similar to what they did with Jarkel Joyner and Keaton Wallace. Basically, they signed him to get him to go to the G League. That is why this deal happened and why he was waived. Once a guy is signed to that to that structure, anyway, the league rights become the Hawks. I explained this a little bit on the show, I believe it was yesterday or maybe Sunday night. Um, basically, the whole reason why the Hawks waived Joyner and Wallace so quickly is because they had the opportunity now to sign and waive more guys like Brandon Rudolph. So there you go on that. He played with, with, with the Wisconsin Herd and the Austin Spurs last couple of years in the G League, um, a former Arizona guy, as I said before, played summer league for Dallas. So he'll be, in, he'll be in College Park. No really concerns there, but just kind of a weird thing to see. I, I'm sure come across the timeline, but no huge surprises there. Um, as for news, not a whole lot else going on. We'll have uh, we'll be plugged in between now and uh, Thursday on any updates about Bogey and Hunter, if there is anything to update there. But right now, I'm going to assume, at least for our purposes, that it's likely that those guys are just like kind of taking the night off. And we'll see who plays on Thursday. Speaking of Thursday, the Hawks will host the Memphis Grizzlies in their second game of the preseason on Thursday evening. And then, by the way, that's the second game. They have this three-game stretch in less than five days because on Saturday, they play at 3.30 in the afternoon down in College Park at the G League facility. So a full week, it would not surprise me if other guys took a, took a game off along the way. I don't know if it's going to be Trey or DeJounte or Clint or whoever. But uh, given this kind of this uh, cycle here and the way that they kind of handled and didn't really talk about, but still uh, handled Bogey and Hunter in this game, it will not it will not shock me if they rest some other guys at some point in time. We probably won't know that until closer to then. So I'll be on the scene Thursday night with full coverage of what transpires between the Hawks and the Grizzlies. But in between, we might have some more shows. And the only way you will find out about the podcast, the best way to find out, I should say, about the podcast is to subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast. So places like Apple, Spotify. YouTube, uh, cross promote that, uh, subscribe multiple times, download multiple times. That's very much appreciated. Ratings and reviews as well. Follow us on Twitter slash X at Lots on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland. Also, shouts to the folks that uh, came out and met up with uh, myself and Glenn Willis and Kevin Chenard and Wes Morton at the game on Tuesday night. That was a fun conversation to be had and kind of a meet and greet, fun time there. Maybe we'll do that again in the future when Glenn is back in town. But shouts to all of you as well. Thank you for listening to the podcast, everybody. I really do appreciate all of that. And we'll be back again later on in the week with more on the Hawks.